Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who wins. It's time for the best Buckeye podcast. By fans, for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OH! IO, and welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. Welcome in. Welcome back. You know me. It's Buckeye Boggs. That guy over there is a wild man, Chris Wiles. That man down there is Sergeant MVP Aaron Brown. And our special guest is with us tonight, former Ohio State running back, Master Teague the third. And we are awaiting the entry of JR. I'm sure he'll be in in just a minute. When he does, we'll pop him into the screen as well. But first and foremost, Master Teague, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Let's go. All right, let's do this. Right off the bat, let's not waste any time. This bad boy just got done reading this. Not only was he a phenomenal running back, not only is he a phenomenal person, he's a pretty good writer, too. This is a good book, Master Teague. Thank you so much for sharing your experience as, as a man of faith, as a young man on a college campus. This is a really, really good book. I highly recommend it. Tell me about uh, tell me about the uh, motivation to write that book. Well, I, I appreciate you know your acknowledgement of you know being a good writer. <laughs> I mean, it went through a couple iterations. You know, of course, you had to go through your edits and look back and make sure everything is you know right. Um, but I was encouraged for to to write this book by by somebody at Ohio State, actually a mentor of mine, a leader of mine. And uh, they just suggested like, hey, you know, uh, you had a you had a great time at Ohio State. Uh, You're still fresh off of uh, leaving Ohio State. You should you should write something about, you know, your time up there and uh, what it meant to you. And, uh, you know, I was like, okay. at first I'm like, eh, I don't know, because, you know, listen, growing up, I didn't really uh, read that much. And uh, I've been starting to read more now because I know how important it is to uh, to read, to to gain, you know, your, your knowledge and 
be able to articulate things and in, in, in that in that sort of way. But uh, so at first I was like, eh, I, I don't know if I want to want to do that. But after thinking about it, after sitting on it for a while, uh, I felt felt that the Holy Spirit really led me to do it. He gave me something to to talk about and share. I didn't just want to uh, come out and just share it, you know, my story per se, even though my story stories in it, I wanted to touch based on something that was uh, uh, an issue or a problem or, or concern for a lot of people that are going into college that are, are believers that are Christian. You know, a lot of people fall away when they go to go to college They get around their own people. You know, they don't choose their friends wisely. They're not intentional about that gift of faith that they do have. And so I was like, okay, well, I've been blessed by the grace of God to be around the right people, surround myself and uh, not just keep my faith, but flourish in my faith in college. Um, and so maybe I just write about that so that other people can see themselves in my shoes or, you know, take away from that, that yes, they can stand firm on their beliefs uh, when they go to college, whether you're just a student or an athlete, you know, um, there's a lot of temptation and we need encouragement. There's, we need encouragement these days. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of things going around, a lot of, a lot of lies being told, a lot of ways you can go to, to, to lead yourself astray and go down a path that's, that's not conducive to your uh, flourishing uh, as a person. And, and so I just wanted to share and help you know, the next student athlete, the next student, just to, you know, go in with, with, with conviction in your faith, stand firm on it is going to be the best thing that's going to help you to overcome all the obstacles that will happen that you will face, uh, you know, in college. So, uh, I wrote it when I, when I was, I'm still a free agent, NFL free agent right now, but I wrote it while I was in free agency. Uh, I've been working out, you know, looking for opportunities in the NFL. And uh, I, I wrote it. it, took me about about a month and had a, all my people read it. The people that you that you read about in the book, they, they all read it before and uh, people on the back as well. They read it. And so did my edits um, and had a couple of people read it and to, to you know, to help me do up those edits. And so I'm just glad it's out. Hopefully it's been impactful to people that's read it and uh, uh, any more people that, that decide to, to pick it up. So, yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Hey, um, real quick, I'm going to read this read this comment to you, Master. This is from Nick Quint, Nicholas Quint, one of the best running backs to wear scarlet and gray. That's what he said mm. about you, man. How about that? Uh, that's that's Shout all out right. To Nicholas Quint. <laughs> man, awesome. So, real quick, um, my 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 uh, my copy signed, autographed there by one Master T. Yeah. That's that's I, he just authenticated that, Chris. Did you see that? Did you catch that? He just authenticated. <laughs> Here's what we're going to do tonight, guys. Before the end of the show, I just got another copy from Master Teague. We're going to give it away to somebody tonight. How about that? Isn't that pretty cool? That's what we do as Buckeyes. We pay it forward, right? That's, so that's what we're going to do tonight. So I, I told Master I was going to share a story, and then what? I'm going to share the story, ask another question, and then I'm going to turn it over to you guys to ask Master some questions and, of course, the chat. Um so my story is Master is coming off an injury at Ohio State. It's the beginning of the season. Uh, I forget what year it was, Master. I want to think – I want to say maybe your junior year. I think it was your junior year. Yeah, coming off COVID. Injury. COVID. COVID year. Maybe it was the year before COVID. Because well, we were all uh, – you're talking about – because so I think you're talking about 2020. I had Achilles energy. Yes, yeah. Injury. So we're walk. We're, my my good friend Carl and I are walking. And Aaron knows him. Chris knows him too. Uh, Carl and I are walking into the shoe, 
And Carl's the type of person that he's never met a stranger in his life. He's always willing to talk to people. And because of that, he knows a lot of people. Now, Carl was also a athletic trainer during Earl Bruce's years. So he does know a lot of people at Ohio State. And we walk in, and we first thing we always do when we walk in is we go to the concession stand and grab what we want so that we don't have to go back to the concession stand during the game. And I see these people wearing Teague jerseys. And I go, Carl, do you think that's Master's dad and family? And he goes, well, let's go find out. And he just walks right over. And I, of course, I follow along with him. And, and we met your father. And your father was carrying with him a Bible into the horseshoe. And that ended up being a 15-minute conversation about uh, his faith and about you as a young man. And I just want to commend him uh, for having that kind of boldness in his walk with Christ. And I want you to speak a little bit about your father and your parents and uh, how that they— because um, you, you do so in this book as well, but how they maybe um, influenced you in your life. Yeah, man, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, just like that, he's, 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 it's, it's not for show. It's really who he is. He's going to carry around his Bible. He's going to wear the, the shirts, you know, that, that says, you know, Jesus on it. He's going to proclaim the truth everywhere he goes. He's always taking his bag with, with, with books of the Bible, you know, reading it everywhere. Uh, and so, you know, my parents, they've been a tremendous impact on me growing up. I mean, they were the uh, start of my faith journey with with the Lord. And I just saw how they lived their life. A lot of parents, uh, unfortunately, they talk a lot about their faith. They talk a lot about doing this and doing that to their children, but they don't live it out themselves. So the children don't see that example. And so the children don't inherit that faith that they want them to because they don't see it practiced and lived out in their parents. And so I was able to see that in my family and my parents, and that rubbed off on me. And I wanted to be just like that, so I carried around my Bible. I used to see my Bible, my, my dad reading the Bible all the time, and that encouraged me to pick my own Bible up, read it, took it to school with me, and uh, still carried around everywhere I go. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a foundation, uh, because when you have that strong foundation, everything else builds off of that, what you do in life, how you carry yourself, how you how you go to school, how you go to work, how you play sports, how you play football, how you put your effort into it is, it, you know, serving the Lord, the person that's giving you the gift. Right. And giving that gift back to him by, by putting our all into it and, uh, you know, wanting to glorify him with it. And so my parents were a great impact on me. Um, growing up and still are to this day. They're, they're uh, spiritual leaders, my dad, of course, and my mom. Uh, but one of the things that I have to say is that going away from college um, was a, a, a big step for me in my walk and my, my journey with the Lord because I had to make a decision for myself. Like I said, they were they were impactful. And when I left, they, they're, they're, they, they were no longer there physically with me, you know, to to uh, take me to church, you know, to go, go here and go there. And so I had to make a decision for myself. And that's when I really uh, made a huge leap in my walk with the Lord and understanding of, uh, you know, the things of God, because that can it became more of a personal thing, personal relationship that I have with the Lord. And, um, you know, I talk a little bit about that in the book as well. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, one of the things that my dad taught me growing up as well, when I first started playing football, uh, I didn't like football. I'll just say I didn't like football at first when I first when I start, first started playing it. Um, you know, I, I, I just didn't like the hitting. And uh, I hear some some people in here 
uh, used to like me just, you know, I, I ran tough, ran hard. But I tell you, I wasn't always like that. I was, I was kind of soft <laughs> to start out. And, uh, you know, I just didn't, I didn't, I didn't like it at first. My dad's like, keep going, you know, keep going. Don't, don't stop. Uh, finish what you start if you want to at the end of the, at the end of the season. Move, move on from it. But fortunately enough, uh, I grew a love for it at playing. So, you know, get great opportunities, you know, moving forward moving to Ohio State. And that was actually one of the things that Coach Meyer used to tell me. Violent, violent. He used to, he used to, he used to walk. He used to walk down the hallway, or, or, you know, I don't know, sitting in the cafeteria. He just, I mean, he'd look at me and say, "Violence, violence," because uh, even my freshman year, I think he he wanted me to be even more violent. He knew how violent I could be, how tough I could run, uh, and so he he wanted to pull that out of me even more. And so I think that was, uh, you know, a catalyst for me. You know, being the type of back that I that I was and I, that I am, and uh, I know I just kind of said some some different things, but yeah, I mean, like I said, my dad he's he's definitely a, a big impact on my life and continually is a mentor of mine. I, and I hope that you guys out there have a father figure, man, that that you can look up to, um, that 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 you can have in your life because it's very important, especially in this day and age. And uh, I think uh, our society is kind of getting away from it and, and and looking down on that. And I think that's a that's a, a shame and sad, but man, it's so impactful for sure. All right, I got one question from the book, if that's all right. I'm gonna I'm gonna read. I, I I highlight when I read, or otherwise I don't pay attention. So I I was highlighting some stuff here. Um, th- this is um, something you wrote. It, it kind of goes along a little bit with what you were just talking about. You said, I used to beat myself up when I had a bad practice or performed below the standard, and our team standard was not average, but elite. That sounds like Urban Meyer talking there, elite. Uh, I had to quickly learn that, that when you are competing at the highest level of something, there is no time to sulk in what happened before, but only focus on what can be done presently to rise above it. I thought that was so impactful of a statement in your book. Um, maybe speak a little bit about that. I know you had all the things with injuries, and I see all the questions in the chats, guys. We're going to get to those, and I'm going to finally let these other three guys ask questions too, but I promise my last question. Rising above in, in all aspects of life, speak to a little bit about that on your personal level, Master. Yeah, so we're all going to have challenges in life, whether it be in sport, relationships, careers, whatever it, it may be. And a lot of times we let those things halt our progression. Uh, we let those things deter us from reaching the destination that we're on or that we want to be at or that we're called to be at instead of u- using those things as a springboard uh, for motivation or uh, opportunity to to lean on somebody that that loves you, somebody that cares, on a power beyond yourself to help you to overcome that. Um, and you know, you're you're in you're in it you're in it. it you're just in it. The train is moving and you're going to be in it. So you might as well deal with it and you might as well overcome it because it's going to be there. It, it just is what it is. It's a part of life and you know, Coach Meyer, you, you know, you always talked about being elite and, and that was the standard of the team. And so 
another thing is when you're when you're a part of for me when I was on that team when you when you're a part of a, a, an elite group of people I mean you have to rise with that you know you, you're going to rise to that level and everybody's pushing everybody and everybody's encouraging everybody and you just get get better and better um and so you know I think it's I think it's very important you know for us to to have a great perspective on what what obstacles are uh what what struggles are what what they are and, and the opportunity for us to to grow from it to to become even stronger um because if you want to be a weak person an average person then you just just go through life with 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 uh with ease go through life not not uh, having any hardships having any uh opposition or friction um, but if you want to be strong we know you're gonna have to have some resistance you know you're gonna have to have some opposition you know you're gonna have to get in the weight room and push that weight in order to gain that muscle gain that strength so you can run faster jump higher you know all the stuff you know and so uh, a lot of times we don't get to where we want to go because we don't we don't want that resistance we don't want that friction but that's what that's what we need and uh even in in faith every day it's a battle you have to deny yourself if you want to follow jesus and that's and that's opposition that's friction you, the world doesn't doesn't love god he it, you know we're, we're not of this world as, as believers we're in the world but we're not of it the world doesn't love us because you know we we, we follow jesus and the world doesn't love jesus and so we're, it's, it's constant opposition, constant friction. But that's the thing that is able to to make us refine us, to strengthen us, to make us, you know, better. And and not only for ourselves, but for the people around us, because they need encouragement as well. They need uh, uplifting as well. They need to see that, yes, I can overcome this as well, that, that you overcame it and you can help them to do the same, that they're not alone, that you've been there. You've done that so they can they can do it right. And uh, and I and I talk about in the book, you know, having a, a buddy of mine that we kind of had these, quote unquote, therapy sessions after, uh, after practice, and we just we just chopped it up with each other, talked about our our successes, our failures, and then kept it moving, you know, because um, a lot of people think they're alone. You're not alone. You're not alone in your in your journey in this life. We're all going through. Everybody has, man, struggles and hard times. Everybody, and uh. And so, you know, when you can find those people that can, that can, you can walk alongside with is important. Uh, so I think for me in my personal life, you know, just having those people around uh, and, and not being afraid to just, you know, reach out and ask them for help or prayer or whatever encouragement. Um, and so, you know, teamwork makes a dream work, I guess. <laughs> and there you go. All right. First fan question here from Brian, New York. Great stuff. Are you familiar with the Newman Center at OSU? Uh, I'm not sure. Newman Center? Uh-uh. What is that? Do you guys know? I don't know. Brian, let us know in the chat what the Newman yeah, let, Center let is. Let us know. Uh, I'll ask another one here then from the from the uh, chat. This is from James Tube eight four three nine. Master Teague, do you have a favorite moment or memory when you were playing at Ohio State? I mean, so I guess my freshman year, we went to Penn State. It was a whiteout game. Uh, 2018, you probably know that. We was we was down by a couple scores, came back, won, and uh, it, it was crazy. Ben Vick had that great touchdown, and 
that was that was rememberable for me. Cold, hostile environment, super super loud. Can't hear anybody, <laughs> even when you're two feet away. And so that that for me was a a, a great moment. Of course, all the playoff games, uh, and you know my my 20, 2019 year, uh, twenty twenty going to the Natty. Of course, you know we lost, uh, but I, I enjoyed that experience, <laughs> and uh, you know just the overall camaraderie, uh, the overall work that we put in, and I think also, man, just the university. Uh, you know the the I enjoyed I enjoyed going to school there. I enjoyed my professors, uh, the alumni, and uh, I think it was a blessing for sure. And so, man, it's 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 so many memories. Uh, but you know, one of the one of the ones that stand out is the one in 2018 that I talked about. So that was a good one, man. That was that. Yeah, that, I still have that on my DVR. I think actually, Chris, you're up, buddy. All right. Uh, <clears throat> sorry about that. So, so Master, you grew up kind of in SEC SEC country, right? Down in Tennessee. Yeah. So. Yeah. What brought you to Ohio State? Eric always likes to talk about the recruiting process, but what was it that brought you to Ohio State? Maybe that moment in your recruiting that you know really turned you on to becoming a Buckeye. So, you know, uh, Ohio State—they were recruiting me for a while. I didn't have an offer. Felt like I had an offer because I had built a relationship with coaches. Um, but Coach Meyer, he wanted me to come up and do a workout with him. He wanted to see me in person. Uh, and so I went up for my senior year in the summer, did 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 the camp with him. They offered me. By that time, I knew I wanted to go there, so I committed. But before that, uh, my, other, my other teams that were top of my list were Auburn, Georgia, Tennessee was up there. Uh, but one of the things that stood out for me about Ohio State was they didn't sell me a certain type of dream or they didn't say you come here you're going to get this and that and the other but they they kept it real they was like you come here it's going to be hard it's a competitive environment you're going to have to compete every day work hard nothing's going to be handed to you and then also one of the things that they did was they even broke down my high school film and told me all right this is this is a, a place, you're great, you're great here, great there, great there, great there, but here's the one little place that you can maybe improve. And so, all right, like, man, so they're, they're keeping it real with me, they're coaching me already, I'm not even there. I, I think that stands out to me. You know, I wanna go be challenged, go be coached, and and not have all this, you know, fluff that, that people are telling me. Uh, yeah, I want that, that kind of, I want that stuff for sure, but, I felt like I would be challenged more uh, going to Ohio State, and I was I was drawn to that. Of course, the tradition, the winning tradition, and then in the book I even talk about uh, those are some of the things that, that that drew me. But also, my community of faith, my faith community, was a thing that that uh, really shone forth. And I and I have so many brothers and sisters in Christ up there, and uh, people that that I love that love me, and I, and I built that out as well. And so that that's another great blessing. That I that I, that that's, that's that was there for me, and um, I'm glad. But both, man, 
um, football and faith and uh, you know it's a it's a great place it's a great place to be and so uh, you know great experiences and that's 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 pretty much they kept it real with me um, that's that's pretty much what what it was I felt like they kept it real with me more than others so our friends from Tennessee are chiming in here that said Tennessee was going through some dark days that's why he went to Ohio yeah. State <laughs> yeah, it was it was rough. It was rough times. For sure. Did you grow up a Vols fan? Actually, no, I didn't uh, grow up. Well, I grew up, but <laughs> I didn't. I didn't grow up uh, uh, watching too much college football. I, mean, I played oh, okay. the NCAA games, you know, yeah. Road to Glory and all that, but I didn't watch necessarily and pay attention uh, that much to college football. I Sounds was, like Brian uh, Hartline talking over here. Brian Hartline gives the same answer. He's like, I really wasn't a college football fan. I was more in the pros. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, I, I watched, yeah, I was more in the pros. And then also the only team that I really knew more a lot about was MTSU, Middle Tennessee State University. That's because that's where my dad went. And like I said, my dad was a big impact on me, influence on me. So I was like, I just want, I want to go to MTSU. Yeah. You know, but it wasn't until, you know, I started getting those looks and like, oh man, I can go there's so much greater, you know, better, you know, as far as the caliber of football than that. So, uh, yeah. Jar of happiness. I see your question. I've got it marked. We're going to ask that, but I got to let Aaron chime in here, buddy. All right. So you talk and a court, about it. And of course his Amish, Amish internet, internet free, freezes. Sorry, out go try again. <laughs> here we go. Okay. Amish internet. Yeah, I got somebody out back cranking it. It it doesn't work that well. I'm sorry, guys. I'll manual, manual internet. They're getting fired. It's all good. No, I just want to know what made you fall in love with the sport of football. I was good at it. Uh, I think that was the main thing. Uh, well, so yeah, so my first time first time was playing well I was seven years old when I started like I said I didn't like I, I didn't like the hitting especially in little league I feel like the whole practice is just line up you line up you line up 10 yards or 10 yards away from him and y'all just boom all practice and uh I didn't really enjoy that too much but I was fast kid so they put me at running back automatically and uh you know I just will score I'll score a lot and I, I became really good and uh started to enjoy that feeling of just uh succeeding you know and scoring touchdowns and 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 so that i think that's what you know really drew me in there oh man i'm, I'm pretty decent at this i'm fast you know and so uh i think in then growing growing into it you know the lord just opened up so many doors for me and uh opportunities that Quite frankly, I don't within myself. I don't see how that happened. You know, I, I know, I knew, I know it's God. You know, I know it's Him um, because, like I said, I've had some some injuries going through the sport, even starting off in middle school, uh, having or actually I had a concussion in in a little league. Then I had a injury in middle school, some injuries in high school, of course, injuries in college. And still injuries now, but I've still been able to experience all the experience I've had and going to the highest level of where most people strive to be, but never can get there. Like it's so slow, so slim. 
the percentage of that. And so, so I'm so blessed uh, to be able to uh, experience what I am experiencing, what I have experienced. And so, uh, yeah, that's, yeah. So I got to say, man, I was, I was hoping you'd get a, a, a legit shot or a better shot, I guess, with the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's my team right there, man. So hopefully you get another crack at it. Follow yeah. up, follow up that you're, you're, you're a free agent right now. Are you, are you still pursuing a professional football career? So I'm actually, yeah, I'm inquiring about the, the UFL and um, seeing what that would look like for me. I want to want to get into that. So, uh, yeah, I'm still leaving that, leaving that open and still training. I mean, I'm still training all the time and I got a great trainer down here in, in Tennessee that I uh, trained with throughout high school that, really uh grew grew my body and grew my strength and my power uh like crazy growing up and maturing and so i've been training with him and doing stuff of my own as well training with some old old high school teammates and different guys so uh you know that's been good so i'm always staying ready for sure uh, you know I, I love to you know always stay stay in shape and stay ready so yes sir brian new york uh followed that up so the saint thomas more newman center home of Buckeye Catholic on West Lane Avenue by Buffalo Wild Wings. Um, I, I know from your book, Master, that you had you were in a lot of campus ministries um, on campus while you were there. So uh, I don't know if you were a part of the the, the Catholic uh, ministry, but maybe speak to what ministries you were a part of. Yeah, it wasn't. I don't think I, I would never. I never heard of that one, but I mean, I was part of Campus Crusade or. Crew, Crew Ohio State. Um, that's kind of a ministry just for all students that they gathered on Sundays and then had breakout many uh, small groups throughout the week. Was a part of that. Was part of athlete ministry, cross sports. We called it um, cross and in sports. You know, cross of Christ, and we are connected through that in, in sports. And then uh, I created my own. I did a Bible study with my teammates. Uh, me and a couple other guys did Bible study with my teammates. You know, I had a couple churches I went to, uh, two, two, one main one, another one I went to every so often, and then another one I went to a few times because other my other my other teammates went there. Uh, so, uh, you know, I had several, several, several things that were would keep me up, uplifted and remind me of who I am in my identity in Christ, right? Um, because everything else, if you you know, is shifting sand in the world everything you try to put all your chips in in this world man is just so fragile and so i needed you know of course my relationship with the lord and, and be reminded of that all the time there was a couple other ministries a part of too uh a smaller church near campus another group i was part of earlier on uh on campus so you know i think it's just being intentional you know you just got to be intentional about about your faith, man. It's it's a gift, and you don't want to tarnish it. And man, there's so many different things shooting at you, wanting to take you a, a certain way, the, the wrong way, right? So how much more do we need to be vigilant and aware, uh, so that we can continue to progress along in our in our walk and our faith to keep us uphold and uphold us. So yeah, I wasn't part of that ministry, but. Handful, you know, a lot, lot, of, lot of experiences and ministries. Blessed to be a part of when I was there. So, Jr., we've kept you quiet for half an hour, buddy. Why don't you ask uh, our our guest a question this evening? 
It's okay. I was late. I understand. Uh, first off, pleasure to speak to you, Master, and I really appreciate your time at Ohio State. One moment that I recall when you were at Ohio State uh, is the Indiana game, and the reason I recall that so well is because my in-laws are Indiana fans, and so the one time they were good at football, they decided to talk really loud, and uh, you and Garrett scored, what, the first three touchdowns in that game, I think it was. Um, but I remember your 41-yard touchdown um in the shoe can you just explain that feeling of like a huge run in the shoe i mean obviously none of us were ever going to experience that feeling of scoring a touchdown the crowd going crazy i mean what what does that feel like can you just give us a taste of what it's like to have everybody cheering for you everything going on um just just the whole feeling of it all you know of course it's a great it's a great feeling you know, um, you practice every week to do that, to do as many times as you can. And, you know, I think when it opens up, when it opens up for you, and you're running down that lane and you feel like, oh, I'm about to make it. <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, oh, you know, this is this is fun. This is cool. And, uh, you know, and then you just think, man, they they. You think, you know, you think about your teammates, they open up the lane for you. You know, you did your job and we're here, put points on the board, you know, and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's cool. Uh, Indiana, actually, both years, my 20, 2019 and 2020, that was like some of my best games, you know, I had, mm -hmm. had over 100 yards, a couple touchdowns. So, you know, they, they got the, uh, <laughs> they had to deal with me, you know, a couple <laughs> times. So, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's awesome. You know, it's always cool to, to do, you know, make those long runs. You know, those are the fun ones to watch. Uh, and so, man, that, that was, a, that was a memorable game for sure. And, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's awesome. I mean, the, the Buckeye Nation, Buckeye Nation is awesome. Uh, coming out of that tunnel, seeing that, that crowd, that sea of red and, you know, them cheering us on, uh, is, is awesome. And one of the things that 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 came about in that was, I heard, I'm sure you guys know that chanting T T, you know, uh, and say my last name, and that was also that was cool to hear. Like sometimes I didn't didn't necessarily hear it, but my my teammates were like, you know, they was they were chanting your name. I was like, I didn't really hear that, but that's cool. But then a couple times I, I tried to pay more attention. I hear I, I would hear it. Like wow, that's that's pretty cool, you know. Um, but definitely, like I said. I always like to deflect the glory back back to the Lord. You know, that's my name, but I play uh, for His name, right? And so, uh, you know, it's 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 surreal. You know, like I said, it's a blessing, and um, hopefully, uh, many of you young young kids out there that that want to make it to that level can experience that as well. So, just keep working, stay consistent. You know. That's awesome. I actually remember. I think it might have been your freshman year at Northwestern. Dewan Jones came in and just absolutely cleared he out the entire like he took everyone out and then followed you down the field and almost beat you to the end zone. I was like, that boy yeah. can run. <laughs> that boy could yeah. be like <laughs> that that was crazy, awesome. yeah. Yeah. He, he took a broom awesome. and he took a broom and just swept the whole <laughs> D line out the way and then boom, yep. The Red Sea, he was Moses. He parted that thing. <laughs> oh, that's great. All right, here's here's a great question. Jar of happiness. Master, 
Was there a difference in the atmosphere of the Woody when Urban left and Ryan took over? Um, so by atmosphere, I wonder if they just mean culture or uh, energy or, you know, I'm not sure. But in regards to, uh, you say culture, I think it's, it's pretty much similar. I mean, we still knew, I mean, this is this same standard, um, same grind, same work ethic, same competition, same push. Uh, I think one of the things, the difference between the two, um, Coach Meyer, you know, he's, he's a little bit old school, uh, you know, uh, he's really intense. And then Coach Day, he's not as intense. He's a little bit more, uh, I mean, both great coaches. Like, I love them both. Coach Day is a little bit more, I guess, seemingly, seemingly approachable to talk to. Uh, you know, one on one. So, uh, both both coaches are are amazing. Uh, definitely a blessing for 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 me. Um, Coach Meyer, like I said, he used to tell me, violence, violence. That was the main thing. And uh, and so I, I really appreciate him for doing that. I didn't like it at the time. I thought we violent. I mean, what, I'm doing what I'm doing, you know. But it helped me become more violent. And Coach Day, uh, I can really appreciate him because he really cares for his players. Uh, and he wants them to see them do well on the field, but then also off the field. You know, how's your family doing? How are you doing mentally? You know, he's big on mental health as well. He's he's had some struggles and things that he went through in his life that have shaped and molded him. And uh, he wants us to 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 be uh, mentally right and uh, there so that we can perform, so that we can be at, you know go out there at the highest level. And you know, people are going to have their opinions you know with with things that have happened over the last couple of years with some game some games unfortunately and so we'll see what happens um but you know i i always root root for him and uh appreciative and grateful for the experience i had with him with him and coach meyer and uh you know there'll be there'll there'll be names that, that we talk about for years to come uh buckeye nation for sure uh People don't understand, you know, the impact they have on these on the on the kids. Even though, yeah, you look, you may lose some games, but their impact on young men growing up is highly uh, important and tremendously impactful. So, let's do some rapid rapid questions here uh, for Master. We got him for a few more minutes. Chris, you're up first here. We'll just go around the horn and and ask some questions and. Master, we got you for a few more minutes. Maybe we can uh, try to knock out a couple more questions here before we give this book away. Go ahead, Chris. All right. Okay. Favorite coach is a Buckeye. All of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love okay. it. <laughs> hey, it's KVS. He loved them all, man. There you go. Uh, here, here's Brian Lee, uh, Brian Oberst. Do you ever think you will coach football? That's a good question. Maybe, maybe not. I have to see. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> not done playing though. That's what I, I want to see you in the USFL, man. I want to, or the UFL, man. Yeah. I, I want to, I want to see that happen. Uh, hmm. Hopefully, you get a phone call. Aaron Brown, go for it. Favorite all-time Buckeye player. Hmm. 
Man. I'm a, I'm gonna go with I mean I gotta go with, with Archie and Eddie. I mean just the backs, I guess you like Zeke, yeah. Eddie, Arch, uh, you know, so JR. Was there somebody that you would practice against that I, I don't know how the best way to put it, but like they were just always really tough to practice against. It was like you knew that hit was coming from that guy and like you knew they were going to hit you the hardest. Was there anybody like that at practice that kind of you or the players would talk about in that way? I would say one of the first one that came to mind was to Tara- to Roger Mitchell. Next one, Tough Borland. Um, and yeah, those are the two that, that came to my mind. Uh, also, I think my freshman year had a little run in with Josh Proctor. Oh no, was it Josh or was it uh? I'm not surprised Josh? if it was I Josh Proctor. Was that Josh. guy hits everything. Yeah, <laughs> I, I can't remember, but had a little run in, a little little scuffle. Uh. I think I'm trying to think it was him or, or somebody else, but yeah, so that's awesome. Donald Hoffer the uh, second asked a question about the combine. He wants to know what advice you would give the guys who are heading to the combine. What advice would I give the guys heading to the combine? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I mean, what I did was I, mean, I went down to Texas and trained. I mean, I didn't get invited to the combine. I went to pro day, but um, I mean there. You, you want to, for me, I wanted to be around people like you can, you have different choices. Like you can train at your, your school uh, with your strength coaches that know you, or you can go somewhere else and train. And I went somewhere else and train. So I wanted to get that kind of experience with some other guys uh, around the nation just to kind of see, um, you know, the, the outlook and, you know, be challenged, be competing with, with other people around the nation and, uh, you know, we, we focus a lot on the, the things that we're going to do, you know, 40 uh, shuttle, you know, stride like we, we worked on, you know, what, what it really looks like to have uh, perfect form in, in our 40s and, and things like that. Continue to strengthen in the weight room, uh, work on your stretches and, uh, you know, continue just to be continue to, to, to take care of your body and um, operate at that high level. And, and then leading up to the to your combine, you know, just make make sure your mindset is right and that you're you're well rested and uh, ready to go out there and show, you know, that you, you can, you know, move, you can run fast, you can change direction, you can do some things in the testing. Uh, of course, the drill work is important as well. They want to see you can move. I mean, you can move and um, how that could, could apply to the real game. Uh, you know, one of the things, too, is, a lot of times, people, some people have great combines, some people don't. Uh, m- most important thing is what you do out on the field. Most important thing is what you, you know, you go out and practice and, and show in the game and, and things like that. Uh, that's that's really what what uh, gets people in there, in the door, uh, when they get on the team, just doing it, making, making it happen on the field. I mean, you can have all the great, greatest statistics uh, out there, but if you can't get it done and, and produce – then that, that don't mean anything, you know? So, uh, yeah, that's all I see. 
All right. I think it's time to pick a winner for this book. Let's see how this thing works. I've not tested this yet, so we're about to find out. Testing on the fly is probably not a good idea, but we'll see if this will work here. Um, Now i got to try to learn how to spin the thing here, I guess. Let's see. Uh, Probably should have done this before, guys. There it is. I don't know. Is it spinning? Not yet. Not for me. Okay. Okay. Let's see here. Uh, spin it. Oh, look at that. There we go. Now we got to figure out if we can actually see the name it lands on. <laughs> High-end microphone. What? Okay. I see what I did wrong here. You actually have to type the names in before you do this. I thought it I thought it. <laughs> Epic fail. Epic fail. I don't know how this is going to work. <laughs> epic fail so i think what you yeah well i thought i thought it would actually put the listeners to people who are watching in person in i mean i thought that's what it was supposed to do but guess not (laughs) what we'll do we're just gonna gonna shuffle everybody up and yeah yeah, we were just gonna shuffle them all up and uh and uh pick a winner but here's what we'll do how about this let's do a trivia question how about this? First person in the chat. So, Chris, you got to be watching for me. You're my eyes. Gotcha. First person in the chat to win an autographed copy of his book. I'll send it to you free of charge. My copy for you is coming in the mail. Should arrive Tuesday since there's no mail tomorrow. Once I get it, I'll put it right back in the mail and send it to you. First person who can tell me what great state Master Teague is from. What state is Master Teague from? I know. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's see who pops it in. Donald Hopper the second is he's the winner. Tennessee. Donald. Donald Hopper's gonna get a book from look at how everybody coming in fast now. (laughs) Tennessee, 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 Tennessee. Yeah. Donald Hopper the second. Everybody knows where he's from, brother. How about that? That is great. Mark Swick, Tennessee. Donald Hopper the second. Donald, send me your address uh, to theohiopodcast at gmail.com or message me. I'm pretty sure you got me on Facebook or something. Uh, Give me your address, and I'll get you that book in the mail, buddy. Master Teague, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate this. It has been an honor to have you. Where can everybody who didn't win a free copy get online and uh, find your book at and order one? So, I mean, you can go to my social media uh, on Instagram, Twitter, Master T, Disciple Master T the third. You should find me there. You can you can go in my bio and see that. Or the actual website is just 
um, master w teague iii.com and you can go in there and you can look at publications uh drop drop down and press the book power the power of community book and uh working on some other things some other resources uh for students for athletes to to give you know to help them so uh yeah thanks for thanks for having me glad to be on here and uh be a guest with you guys hope we can do this again absolutely uh, yeah i highly recommend if you have a son or daughter who is getting ready to head to college or a loved one who might be heading to college, get this in their hands before they go. They need to read this. Uh, I highly, highly recommend that. So Master Teague, thank you so much. We'll do it this way before we go to commercial break. OH! I There we go. Go Bucks. Thanks, Master. Appreciate you. All right. The OHIO Podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360-degree high-definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. All right, and we are back. Um, Man, we want to thank... uh, Master Teague for for coming in and being a part of that. Uh, sorry about the spinny thing. That was that was kind of a letdown. We'll figure that out. You know why we're gonna have to figure that out, Chris? Well, probably. Uh, is that how we're gonna give away our tickets for the spring game? Oh no! I think we're gonna have to give away something better than that. Cause I'm pretty sure this week we're gonna hit a thousand subscribers after that. Don't well, you? if we didn't hit, well, it'd be better. I mean, come on. <laughs> we're pretty close. Yeah, I mean, we last I checked, we were 15 away, and uh, that was that was pretty awesome. And uh, we'll be we'll be sharing that, of course. Um, that was pretty cool, man. Yeah. Uh, Doug Shepard, let's share this. My little brother lives in South Central Tennessee, and he said Master was big down there in high school. I remember, I remember breaking down his film, Aaron. Don't you remember breaking down his film? I do. That was a good film. Yeah, it it really was. It, he had he had some good film, but uh, that was really cool. Uh, great interview to get started on our off season. That, that's what we like to do on our off season, guys. Is interview former players. Uh, I'm actually working some stuff up on getting a recruit that's committed to Ohio State on the podcast. That'd be a lot of fun. Yeah. Get uh, a young youngsters perspective, uh, former coaches. We're working on trying to get some former coaches. And of course, we're bringing in some of our friends in the media as well onto and other podcasters onto the show all off season long. And of course, we're going to talk about topics just like this one, like we're going to talk about right now. Yo. Everybody is back. <laughs> Not everybody, I, but darn near. Yeah, I mean, out. come on. They had 10 guys. Oh, my, my wife's chiming in, so I better I better make sure and put this in there. He was very humble. The world could learn a lot from him. Yes, they could. Absolutely. You, you know who's not humble, Eric, is one Sarah Boggs who called out 
Sergeant MVP in the chat. I was waiting on somebody to say something. I wasn't going to say anything while Master was here because he spoke highly of tough. And I'm like, Aaron's Aaron's going to be like, yeah, if he could catch you. Like, uh, and she's right. I saw the face too. I couldn't hold back. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's Shoot. the question I really wanted to ask is like, hey, was is tough really that slow? Or oh, was that Aaron. Just a bad day. Aaron, come on, man. I thought it was a fair question. I mean, it might be, but I also know he wasn't going to answer answer it like that, you know? No, no. No way. If you haven't already, if you're still hanging around, guys, like our our YouTube channel, man. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Um that was uh that was that was a lot of fun. You never know who we're gonna have in. Dude, since he's left, we've lost half our our, our people already. They're like, he's going, I'm out. <laughs> They're like, I don't want to listen to you guys. I'm not surprised. They'll they'll listen to the rest of us. Listen to the rest of the show on the uh, audio cast, you know? Yeah. 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 (laughs) Our friends over at the Vol Fanatic show, you guys had a big pickup in the portal. Quinshawn Judkins is an absolute dog. Can't wait to see him tear up the Big Ten defenses. Uh, Yeah, if we can block for him. Uh, (laughs) That's the big thing there. Jar of happiness. Buckeye defense next season will be generational. Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's get into this again here. Everybody is back. How did this happen? So first off, before we jump into how it happened, let's talk about every guy who's back. Let's see if I can do this off the top of my head. Offense first. Big juniors who would have been drafted if they would have left and gone to the NFL. Wide receiver, Emek Agbuka. Running back, Travion Henderson. That's the only two that I know. Well, sorry, excuse me, three. Donovan Jackson. Donovan Jackson. Yeah. Those are the three offensive guys who probably would have been drafted if they left. Anybody else that I missed there? Nobody of note, no. Yeah. Defense. Let's start the defensive line. Let's go with the obvious ones, right? Jack Sawyer, JT Tuamulau, Tyleek Williams, and kind of sneaky good who I think is going to have a great year, Ty Hamilton. Yeah. Uh, if he would have left, probably would have been a late round pick, but I, I foresee him having a season very similar um, to what his brother did before him when he stuck around for a fifth year and, and had, and had a good year. Um, linebackers um, haven't heard from Tommy Eichenberg yet, but let's be honest. He's gone. Right, he should be. Should he? He could use a COVID year if he wanted it. He could come back our sixth season. But I think Steele leaving, and him and him and Kate Stover are going to go the NFL draft. They've been here for five years. Their stock's never going to get any higher than what it is right now in the NFL draft. Um, They could come back if they really wanted to, but I just don't see it happening. So, Cody Simon coming back, I think, is big for this team. I don't think he necessarily would have been drafted, but he could have been like, I'm done. I'm graduated. I'm ready to move on with my life. He decides to come back. Thanks, Nick. Nick Quint. I'm still here. (laughs) Appreciate you, buddy. Uh, I think that's big for this defense to have a veteran presence in the center that obviously Jim Knowles trusted Aaron he had him he was the first one in when they needed three linebackers or if one of the other linebackers had to come out. Yeah, I mean it's it tells me that I don't know, maybe developmentally there may have been something he was behind 
um, you know, Eichenberg and, and Chambers, I'm not sure. But the fact that he trusted him to be that that first guy in, uh, I think that speaks volumes to what's coming back. And I think that he's he's ready to take on that leadership role. Um, Bundy banged up a little bit early in his career. Simon? Yeah, yes. a little bit. I believe so, yeah. Uh, cornerbacks. Did anybody seriously think Denzel Burke was going to come back? No, there's no. no way, dude. I, that this guy was guy's, first round draft yeah. pick. Chris, go for it, man. I mean, yeah, he, I, he, I'm with Aaron. Silver he, was, he, was a, he was a first round draft pick. I think uh, that this might be the most surprising of yeah. the returning people uh, because he was the one who, I mean, you know, we talked about it uh, a few years back with uh, uh, Wade you know, came back when he was at his high point in his draft stock and he really fell off. I, you know, um, and I think that, you know, would scare a lot of people, but not, uh, not, uh, Burke. Burke's ready to come back and say, you know what, being a first rounder isn't good enough. I want to be a top five pick. Yeah. So. Secondary. Um, you've got, uh, Let's see if I'm uh, late. Sean Ranth, uh, um, Ransom, Ransom, Lathan Ransom, yep. came back, um, and Hancock, Jordan Hancock, both coming back. Now both are coming off a little bit of injuries here at the end of their season. Um, I'm thinking maybe they come back, they have a healthy year, they play well, they increase their draft stock. Probably both of them should have come. Excuse me, should have come back, but yeah. they they both came back. Agree, Aaron. Yes. Okay. So um, that's a lot of guys. That's a lot of dudes coming back. Now, here's what I know. When Ohio State, when the transfer portal opened in December, Ohio State was silent. They did nothing. Or did they? Yeah. Kind of makes you feel like some people knew something, doesn't it? That's a lot of, hey, look, this past week was a lot of great news. <laughs> that so doesn't I, just happen. It exactly. didn't necessarily surprise everybody, I don't think. Yeah. Um, so Larry Daniels hit the nail on the head. How did this happen? Yes. <laughs> Here's what I know. Here's what I know, guys. Money. The collectives got organized. And communication um, was everybody was in moving in the same direction, which is what you want your collectives to do. When those when those two major collectives, the 1870 Society and the Foundation, which are the two big ones, there's more than just those two, by the way, but those are the big ones. When they became prominent, there wasn't they weren't lock and step with each other. How did we secure the um, the two big signings on signing day in Jeremiah Smith and Edric Houston? The 1870 Society stepped to the plate. How are we retaining our players who are coming back, who are making um, six figures or maybe for some of them seven? The foundation is going to make sure that they're taken care of through NIL. This is fantastic that you you have two collectives working together to make sure both of those things are being taken care of properly 
and in comparison with uh, your Alabamas and your Georgias uh, and, and your Florida States and your Miamis of the world. And so this is huge for Ohio State moving forward, that they have those things taking place. Um, and then you also saw that the second wave of transfer portal guys came in and we're, we we stepped to the plate, okay? Um, I think there was a hold off on this first wave and here's our priority list and whatever's left will be how we how we approach the transfer portal. Do you agree or disagree with that, Aaron? It sure seems that way, and I think that that was probably a smart strategy just to see what was coming back. What could we do? And maybe maybe in that time frame that's when the collectives got their stuff together, they got organized. So I mean, I, you know, for the future, I think that was probably the best move. Chris, agree or disagree with that? I agree, and I also think that this puts the collectives in a very good position when that next window opens post-spring ball. Uh, We've got an idea now of what the true needs are going to be, and we can focus the resources in that direction. Yeah. Nick Quint asked, just a generic question. If a player decides to stay instead of go to the draft, they can increase their stock. Couldn't they also potentially lower it as well? Yes, yeah. they could. Sean Injuries. Wade was the perfect example. Absolutely. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Sean Wade. Yep. He Jara went from probably a, what, a uh, round two draft pick to uh, round five, wasn't it? I don't think it was that low. What did, I think he went yeah. in the third, didn't he? No, I he, don't really He remember. went fourth or fifth. He, I know he went to, what, the Ravens, I think? Yeah. yeah. Jar of happiness. An injury can lower your stock as well. See the kid from Notre Dame in 2016. Uh, do me a favor, one of you. Look that up. See what, see where he went in the draft real Sean fast. Wade. Yeah, I got it. Okay. Um, let's answer this question, Aaron, while Chris looks that up. Donald Hoffer II, with all these guys coming back, do you think this will hurt us recruiting and guys going into the portal? Um, guys going into the portal. Fifth round, 160 overall. Stand corrected. Thank you very wow. much, Chris. You're you're the man. Um, Donald's question's interesting. Let me throw that back up there real fast. Whoops, wrong one. That's Zach's question. Well, I feel I like can, we touched I mean, on this a little before we went on the air. <laughs> with all these guys coming back, do you think this will hurt us recruiting and guys going into the portal? I don't think that it hurts us recruiting because a lot of these guys are either this is their final year or they're going pro next year or, you know what I mean? I just, I don't think that it's going to hurt in recruiting necessarily. Um, As far as portal goes, I think certain positions maybe um, because I'll tell you when I saw Judkins commit, my first thought was, well, what about Dallin Hayden? So, you know what I mean? Like that kid can play too. And I just, I hate to see him sit another year. Although with Travion having such a case of the ouchies, you know what I mean? Um, hopefully that's not the case moving forward, but you know, I, I, I guess I could see where Dallin Hayden wouldn't want to sit third in the lineup, you know, at, at running back. So mm-hmm. um, honestly, I think that might be, and maybe secondary might be one of the 
you know, the positions that I would think of that would hurt us, if any? Um, I think most of the people who are like that are already left. We might see one or two, maybe a handful of guys after spring ball. Very possible. Yeah. We're going to see a quarterback go in the portal. I don't know. I don't see any way that we have four quarterbacks on this squad that granted neither Devin Brown nor uh, Keenholz looked exceptional in the, the bowl game. And that's, you know, we covered that last week or a couple weeks ago, but uh, you know, I don't know that Devin Brown's going to sit another year and want to wait. Especially with, with Nolan coming in. Okay. So I know it's not going to hurt recruiting and here's why. Yeah, this is only going to help recruiting because they saw the money that came out. Okay, <laughs> right. That's not going to hurt recruiting. Retaining players is interesting. Yeah, that one that one might be a little trickier because if someone sees because they I have, also saw the money that came out. <laughs> correct, and they also could want you know. I mean, the perfect example here is is Dallin Hayden. You know. I I was redshirted as a my second year on campus. I was redshirted with the idea that I was going to be the number two running back in 2024. And here Travion's back, and you guys went out and picked up the number one of the top running backs in the country last year to be his running mate. Where does that put us? Um, but. My mom brings up a good point. That's a great point, actually. Which is obviously typed from her, from my father. (laughs) So my dad, Buckeye Boggs Sr., depth will be important because extra games in the playoff. Do you guys know how many games Ohio State could end up playing next year if they played every game? Isn't it 17 or no? Yeah, 17. 17. It's an an NFL schedule, basically. I was going to say it was an NFL season's worth of games. 12 regular season games, conference game, that's 13, possible four playoff games. Now, more than likely, you make the Big Ten championship game. If you win it, you're going to get a bye. It would be 16. But let's say they lose that game, but they're still good enough to get to the playoffs, and then they make a run. That's 17 games. So depth is key. So I would say expressing that, Number one is important. And number two, you got to get them on the field, guys. If there's one thing about this coaching staff that they have, I think, done a miserable job at the last couple years, it is getting the younger kids ready by getting them in the game quicker. When you're up three scores, put them in. Right. And let them play. Yes, don't do the whole Manila playbook thing. Handoff, handoff, handoff. Like, actually put them in the game when the game is still consequential a little bit. You got a comfortable lead, but it's still consequential, and let them play the game with a full playbook. You think Ewers might have stayed if they let him throw a pass? Uh, I think that that whole thing was was all about money. I do too, but... I don't know. I can't help but wonder. I see what jar happiness. I see what you did there. 17 Buckeye Buckeye games is nuts. I see that. That was that was clever. That was good. And if you didn't mean if you didn't mean to do that, wow, you just kind of 
made a good one there. Most that stayed had eligibility remaining. There weren't many surprises. We portaled a few in weak areas. Third on the running back list is next up, the way we've seen this. Yeah, that's true. Your third guy on the running back actually gets quite a bit of playing time <laughs> in the past couple of years. That is true. Um, I agree with this comment. Do you guys agree with this comment? They hold back the younger players. Well, absolutely. I think, yes, I do agree with it. I just, I'm, I don't think that it's in, in a way it's intentional. In another way, it's not. I, you know what I mean? Like when you don't put them in, obviously they're not going to get used to that game speed that we talk about when they transition from high school to college. You know what I mean? So I, I don't know. They're kind of shooting themselves in the foot for the future in, in a couple of ways, I think. Apparently, Ohio State is not the only team that deals with the issue that we just brought up. Uh, Vol Fanatic Show. This is a problem that Tennessee has as well. The younger guys aren't getting in enough, even when up big like that. Yeah, I, I, it's something that I don't. Ryan Day, like Ryan Day, has struggled with that for some reason, and I don't know if it's just because of his quarterback background. You know, he's always worried about a comeback, and there's never enough points. But until it's literally obsolete it doesn't matter anymore um uh yes absolutely nick they need to play more than the last drive of the game where they just hand off yes absolutely <laughs> larry dale day is burning the boats <laughs> yes and this is a prime example you're absolutely right jar happiness big time that yep. is beautiful thank you yeah we did we weren't ready to play we had guys who had no idea what they were doing no, did not have enough serious game reps under their belt to get ready. So, yes, it's great that all these guys are coming back, and we are going to have a possible generational defense like we saw in the chat, and I'm excited about that. And we're going to talk about that. We're going we're gonna to do a whole bunch of videos about that in the offseason. But you've got to get your depth ready, and you've got to get them in the games earlier and get them acclimated to the speed of the game, the physicality of the game. And I know you love this, Aaron. Urban Meyer's message to Master Teague throughout his career, he iterated this a couple times. He speak one word to him over and over and over again. Violence. Absolutely. What, what is Ryan done. Day missing? Violence. Got that right. I mean, that... Uh, that is just, that spoke volumes to me. Same, but it's, I don't know, man. I got mixed feelings on it because like, you know, like Georgia last year, we talk about the wheelbarrow, you know, and if you guys are regular listeners, you know what we're talking about, but why does that only come out at certain times? And then other times it's hit or miss. You think it's going to come out and then it doesn't, you know, like what's going on there? I don't know. Um, I think Ryan Day got in his own head a little bit. Think so? I I do. I, you think he said said hi to Harbaugh while he was there? In his head? Yeah. You think he took a walk through the corridors of his brain and he saw Jimmy picking his nose there and he's like, "Oh, hey!" Yeah. <laughs> right in the forefront. <laughs> that was terrible. <laughs> um. You know, 
I want to. This is what I want to believe about this, and then we'll kind of put kind of put a bow on this thing here. I want to believe that all of these guys coming back is a signal, and and the moves that are being made to this coaching staff is a signal to Ryan Day that he's on the hot seat, and he better coach like it, and he better prepare this team for it. I believe. What we have seen is Ryan Day is pushing all his chips in. I'm all in. I'm going to find the offensive coordinator to call plays. I have given Jim Knowles complete control of the defense. And if you don't believe that, the move with Perry Eliano was a Jim Knowles move, guys. That wasn't Ryan Day. I didn't see that coming. Did you? I didn't, but think about it in hindsight. No, I get it now. I just, at the time, I didn't see it coming. It, if there was ever a coach to to let go first, I didn't think it would be him. Well, it would if you get if Jim Knowles is in complete control of the defense and he's like that guy's not up to my standard and I've got a guy right here who I trust, who I know I know knows my defense, who's going to put the players in position and coach them the way I want. If Jim Knowles is in control and he makes that move, I don't think Ryan Day makes that move. I I think we saw Jim Knowles make that move. I'm okay with it. And if that's the case, if if Ryan Day has his head coach on defense and he's about to go hire his head coach on offense, maybe Ryan Day can can concentrate on being the head coach and get Harbaugh out of his head. And it'll also help if Harbaugh truly is in his head that Harbaugh won't be there on the other sideline. Didn't help him this year, but you see my point. Like, I think Ryan Day is all in. And the fact that everybody's coming back, minus, literally minus Marvin Harrison Jr. Right. And obviously the money doesn't hurt. But you have to think that a lot of these guys, yeah, they were coming back to improve their draft stock. But they saw what occurred in Ann Arbor this year with the senior heavy team that was up there. The senior heavy teams they've had the last couple of years, actually. Uh, you know, maybe not at the skill positions per se, but just in general, they've had that that senior leadership there the last couple of years. And this this may be something with them saying, hey, now is our time to go out there and grab that daddy. Well, that's, you know, we've talked about this on the show, and it's something my dad and I have talked about as well. I think the biggest, one of the biggest issues, I should say, that I think we have compared to like Bama and Michigan recently, we can't seem to keep a team together. We always either have an amazing offense and a crap defense or vice versa, but we can never have both at the same time. Now, I think there's no excuse that for Day to not win next season. He better win because there's a uh, guy out there who I'm pretty sure would be more That's than it. happy to to uh, set up roots back in Columbus again if he doesn't. And I'd be glad to have him too. Yeah, be, you keep your eye on the whole Vrabel situation. If Vrabel doesn't get if he even, sits a year, it's it says volumes. If Vrabel doesn't even take it, doesn't get an interview. That tells you everything he's it. What's going on in his mind? He's taking a year off. There's no way that guy doesn't get at least an interview from all these openings around the oh, NFL. All these openings, he'll have a job. It's not even an interview. You but look at if, the way he's performed in the league, he would have a job. Yeah. Agreed. So if he doesn't even interview, he's taking a year off. 
Yes. Then you have to ask the question, why is he taking a year off? If he's doing the urban two-step here from Florida, and all of a sudden you see him in the booth or whatever, it's a possibility. Um, I don't think it's a a. I don't know that Mike Vrabel is a college football coach. I know he coached linebackers under Urban Meyer, mm-hmm. but coaching in college is completely different than coaching in the NFL. But I, and, I would and vice this, versa. I would say this, Eric. This ain't our daddy's college football anymore either. I I understand yeah, that you, you're That's dealing true. now with you're now dealing with NIL contracts. You're now dealing with free agency through the transfer portal. You're now dealing with similar egos to what you have in the pro game at this level. Maybe a little taste of the NFL is exactly what you need. And this is a guy who's had success as a player, as a coach, you know. The the chat's hitting the nail on the head. Same thing I'm hearing. Hurdy hates to recruit. Uh, Jar happiness. Music for me, 007. He doesn't want anything to do with recruiting. He's not coming back to college. The, these are things I'm also hearing, and that's and that's what I'm wondering. That's why I'm saying I don't know that he wants to be back in college. So I, w- I think we need to slow down the Vrabel train. Plus, we need to find out first. This is a big but here. Who's the next AD going to be? If it's not a killer, as Aaron likes to call it, or – as urban like to preach, it's not a violent human being. Then we might get stuck with someone who says 11 and one regular seasons is okay with me. It's only one loss. It's just a game. I can't handle 17 games uh, of hearing that. I really can't. I will. I will have a blood vessel just explode. (laughs) A brain aneurysm. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh gosh um let's just back up hold off on the Vrabel talk until we see who the ad is first okay and and then let's find out i i, I think ryan day understands that if an ad come in comes in here who is uber uber competitive which is what we all want by the way that going 0 and 4 in four straight seasons against your rival is not going to be what keeps your job. The only way he could lose that game and still keep his job is if he then goes on to win the national championship. The only way. That's the only thing that would that would that trump only, that loss. The only thing that would save it at that point. Yeah. And so he loses that game again, he's probably fired. That's why I think he's all in, dude. He's got to be has to be when it comes to money donald hoffer says the ad will not have a choice but to fire day that's because the boosters ain't gonna give it up donors will say yeah um music for me 007 i think ryan day took a huge step this offseason get somebody to call the plays let's see how he is as the ceo type of coach i agree listen chris and i have said this aaron i think you might even have said this ryan day as as play caller oc up in the booth was awesome yes yeah ryan day on the sideline 
head coach o- OC play caller, not been awesome. Wussy boy. Scared. I was I was on the Big Ten Talk podcast earlier today as their special <laughs> guest, and I referenced the Drinkowitz press conference from Cotton Bowl again. How that he literally said he was doing a disservice to his team by trying to be the head coach, play caller, offensive coordinator, quarterbacks coach. Ryan Day, it, it, that was that was literally he spoke Ryan Day's 2023 into existence. Ryan Day is going to choose an OC as the quarterbacks coach. I've I am almost 99.9% sure of that. And whether that person is currently the OC for the Buffalo Bills or the head coach over there for the Toledo Rockets, I think those are your top two candidates for that position. We'll see. Either way, I'm excited about all the guys who came back. We've never seen this before, Aaron. No, no, and I am, I am, I am ecstatic about it, and I can't wait for next season, man. Like that, you're right. We have not seen this. Now we finally have it. We've talked about it. How we can't get a team together. We have it now. Let's see what happens. I am pumped. Are we more excited for the players that are coming back, or the coaches who aren't? Players gonna, coming back. I'm going to say a sixty forty split for right now. We'll see. Yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll see what else happens. <laughs> My entire. Buckeye fandom, cognizant fandom. We have always lost the juniors to the NFL draft. Yes. Right. This is the first time where I've seen the majority of those juniors who could have been drafted all come back. I've never seen this before. This is all NIL, baby. I'm as a Buckeye fan. Woohoo. Awesome. Now what? Expectations went from here to here and that means ryan day's expectations are here and he better win um okay um real quick let's do this real fast in closing here uh uh, that's an entire podcast right there music for me what happened after that oregon game uh yeah well we'll have to maybe explore that down the road Oh, yes, exactly. Usually three and done. To come back for a fourth is special. This is going to be a special defense. The only thing on this defense that has me scratching my head is the linebacker play, which could be fixed with one move. If Caleb Downs from Alabama jumps in the portal and we snag him, guess who's going to be starting at linebacker? When Sonny Styles. Sonny Styles will move to linebacker. You think so? Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Because Caleb Downs. If you want to talk about violent, it'll get violent. I hope so. <laughs> Caleb Downs plays that plays that safety position. And so he led Alabama in tackles, by the way, as a true freshman. If he were to jump in the portal and we were to get him, I I believe Sonny Styles moves the linebacker. Now we said, well, what's that going to do to CJ Hicks? I don't know. I guess portal. I, and I'm okay with that. I mean, I wouldn't want it to see it happen, but Aaron, what has CJ Hicks done in the first two years? He ain't got really on the field. Nothing. Yeah, really nothing. Special teams, maybe? He's not got on the field. So I've got to ask the question, why? And when he's gotten on the field, I haven't. I mean, he's flashed at times. I'm not saying he hasn't. But, but it's not consistent. 
Ooh, hummus hero bringing some heat with that. Styles needs to be at linebacker with or without downs. <laughs> he's he's making his feelings known right there. Boom, that's what he feels. Um, unless Georgia gets him, his position coach just got hired. Ah, his yeah. position coach from from Alabama went to oh, Georgia. Yeah, interesting. He may follow him. He might. I don't know. We'll see. He he followed a bunch of Buckeyes on Twitter, though. That was interesting. That got Buckeye that, Nation That's kind of telling, yeah. It is. Okay, let me answer this question, and, and this will be a last thing we do here. Uh, which coaches aren't safe? I have heard every offensive coach, except for Brian Hartline, could be replaced if the person they hire is given complete control and he's allowed to hire his own offensive staff. I'm not mad at that. With I'm the not. exception, maybe Alford's an awful good coach and recruiter. That's that. That's what I was going to say. But uh, I'm just I'm saying that's what I heard. Um, if, if, it, if it, Hey, if it gets the playbook out of Ryan day's hands, I'm willing to live with it. Okay, I'm going to say it. I like Justin Fry as a human being, but... He sucks as an offensive line coach? It's okay, you can say it. If Ryan Day... If literally, Ryan Day hires an offensive coordinator and says to him... uh, Brian Hartline is safe and Justin Fry is safe, but you can replace the running backs coach. What are you doing? You know what I'm saying? I would, I, I don't know. Like, I, I don't think Justin Fry is going anywhere. I really don't. But why? Because it's his buddy. It's his best, so, best friends, man. So, I know. I know. He, Irvin did it too, he, Aaron. I know. You're going to go ahead and get yourself fired to keep your bestie employed for a year? Then you're all fired together? Is that what you're going for? I, and that, I hate that, but that's how it feels. What if Justin Fry does get this offensive line turned around? Oh, Well, okay, I'm... so listen. He did – and th- this is kind of a difficult discussion because he did do a nice job last season. Look at how well they did against Georgia. You know, I mean, I guess you could argue they crapped the bet against Michigan. That's true as well. I don't know. I don't know. If he does get it together, I guess I would be all right with it. But I just don't have a lot of confidence that that's going to happen. He has not a lot. I've got none. (laughs) I'm reading through the comments. They're all pretty good here. Jar of Happiness, I think, won the internet with his. Fry got to fly. Fry got to fly. <laughs> that was pretty good. Uh, Vol fanatics, they're saying as far as Caleb Downs that they, they hear he's staying. I, I did a video yesterday on my own. I don't know if you guys have watched it. I, I, I only put it at 25% that he would leave. I, I I think that it was a whole lot of whole lot of chatter about nothing. I, I mean, you're the leading tackler on Alabama as a freshman. Like that, that head coach that just came in, his top priority is making sure you stay for sure. So, uh, yeah. Open up the NIL pocketbooks a little deeper if you have to, 
Um, I mean, you you do whatever you got to do to make sure he doesn't leave. So I, I, I put it at 25% yesterday. I might even beat it 20 today because I think if it was going to happen, it would have happened within the last 24, 48 hours. So if it doesn't happen by the end of the day tomorrow, he's he's staying. So anyways, we kind of jumped around there at the end. Uh, thanks for all stopping in. We really do appreciate it. We're only 15. I don't know what we are now uh, since we started the podcast. We were at 985 after uh, Master got off the show. So we're still at 15. 15 subscribers away. Uh, if you're watching this uh, after the fact and you've if you hung around to this point in the show, what are you doing? Hit the subscribe button. Ring the bell. Get notified. We really do appreciate it. All of you who are participating in the chat again tonight, thank you so much once again. We really do appreciate that. We'll be back this week. We'll have some different videos. Maybe Aaron and I will do some more, um, some more of those uh, breaking down highlight films. Uh, we've got a whole whole slew of of, of uh, 2024 freshmen we could do, Aaron, if we wanted to. Oh, yeah. um, so we got we got all kinds of good stuff from there. And, of course, we're going to be breaking down some more of the news when it hits um, uh, as far as Ohio State is concerned. So be on the lookout for that this week as well. Um, again, hit the like button, share, subscribe. We really do appreciate it. Uh, and uh, for all of you in the chat, thank you so much. We'll let you know who our guests are going to be here coming soon. Uh, Frank Taraka from Scarlet and Games is going to be coming on soon. And, of course, we got to reach out to our favorite walk-on in Ohio State history. Mike Wargo is going to have to be on this show. We got to bring we got to bring Wargo on, Chris. That's just that's just that's uh, tradition. tradition. It's tradition. Yeah. Let Wargo come on here and spit at all of you guys. Uh he he's such a he he literally is the bucknut version of a walk-on. Like he is. Dude's amazing. Love the guy. Chris, I tell you what, since you didn't go to the hockey game with me, you got to go to Pittsburgh with me. Let's go meet up at Wargo. Okay. Want to want to do a roadie? Go to go over there and meet up with Wargo and have our some some steak on a stone. I love it, man. Aaron, you you up the you up the drive to Pit, Pity with us? Just let me know, man. Do my best. All right, sounds good, guys. We'll be back next week, eight o'clock Eastern, right here on YouTube. Remember, be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH. Sing Carmen Ohio with all your heart. Till next time, OH. I owe. I owe. Go Bucks. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.